Hey, Nelson. Hi, Tim. How's it going? Oh, you know, it's uh, you know Valentine's Day. <laughs> it is. It is Valentine's Day. Um, so everything that goes into that, orchestrating that day. Yeah, right, right. That's true. Um, we're kind of stumbling into the year. We are. You know, you know what I mean? So, uh, like it's February already. I know, I know, and we're, we've only what? got like what two episodes out for the year. So <laughs> we're we we're gonna do better. We are going to do better. <laughs> I'm like, we have all these Maybe plans. Let's word. do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And then it's, <laughs> um, life is busy, man. Life, life is, young life kids. is, I know <laughs> I've been driving around quite a bit. I'm an unpaid chauffeur. Yes. So, um, but you know, such is life. We will, we will appease our tens of listeners and let them know we will not let you down. So if we ever wrap this thing up, we will let you know. But if we're saying we'll see you next time, we'll see we you next see time. We'll see you next time. Look, so, as long as I'm breathing, we're doing this. That's right. I'm good. <laughs> I agree. I concur. All right. Well, then, in that case, let's do this. Yeah. Keep and... that epic music, man. All right. Final take. I'm Nelson, and with me is Tim. The only thing we love more than movies and TV is talking about them. So if you love what you hear, like it, rate it, and share it. There you have it. Okay, so, <laughs> so I, I just go uh, go ahead. I I got something. Okay. Pitchers and catchers reported today. Hey, you know what? As of as of Sunday night. It was, uh, what was it, like 8 o'clock Pacific time. It's baseball season. It is baseball season. That's right. Again, it feels like it just ended. Granted, our Arizona Diamondbacks made it to the World Series, so it makes the season feel that much longer. That is true. That is true. So, uh, yeah, because we were were in it till November, and, you know, sadly, mistakes were made. And we didn't take home a trophy, but that's okay. Yes. It's always a new year, right? It is. It is. So. New year, new optimism. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm there. So, okay. Well, hey, um, Masters of the Air. And, you know, yeah. it's funny as I, I, I banged hey, out speaking, our little script speaking for of, it. Speaking of bombs. Yeah, speaking <laughs> of bombs. Speaking of dropping bombs. That's right. <laughs> Not that like is, the show is a bomb, but no, like that it's about bombs, dropping bombs. Uh, bombs so. out of the ballpark. This is quite the segue into our it is. <laughs> dropping bombs out of the ballpark, you know. Um uh yeah, so l- let's start by by uh like talking about the predecessors to Masters of the Air. But let's well, let's first get into Masters of the Air. Take it away, Nelson. All right. Well, uh, Masters of the Air explores the aerial wars of <laughs> I don't know why I'm stumbling. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, let's try this again. So Masters of the Air. Mas- okay. <laughs> I don't know why I'm tongue-tied. That's so funny. All right. <clears throat> I'll count it in. I'm composed. I'm composed. 
We've been doing this for three years. I know. All right, here we go. Okay, go Ready? Ahead. Three, two. <clears throat> Masters of the Year explores the aerial wars of World War II, fo- focusing on the 100th bomb group of the mighty 8th Air Force of the United States Army Air Forces. Yeah, it's based on a book by Donald L. Miller. Masters of the Air was created by John Shaban and John Orloff and executive produced by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg as the third installment of their World War II series following Band of Brothers and the Pacific. Long in gestation. Got long, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting for this one for a very long time, being the Air Force vet that I am. And actually also, um, I've been a bit of a B-17 fanatic. Yeah. I, I really, that that's like the, that's been the, the war horse for the Air Force and Army Air Corps, um, you know, uh, with the history of that plane, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, so I was, I was looking for, you know, like they did the, the army, they did the Marines and then they did. Yes. Now they're doing the Air Force. They just have to and, do the and, Navy now at this point. And the diff, well, and the different theaters of war as well. Right. So you had, yeah. you know, the, the D-Day invasion, Normandy. Yeah, the, and then, and then the the Pacific Theater of War. Now we've mm-hmm. got the you know the, the air war over 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 Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right, I right. mean, you know, you've got you could do the tank. The what what's left, right? The 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 tank battles in Africa. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You could do like the invasion of Italy. Uh, yeah. What else? Uh, well, I mean, there's there's so much they can do, but I yeah. I, I think they're probably just going to try to. I, I if they do the navy, they I think ultimately they'll try to cover every every aspect of the military itself. However, I, I, I do think like, this will probably I feel be like it. Tom, I feel like Tom Hanks has done uh, a World War Two movie on the navy though with Greyhound. I mean, like yeah, he did. He did. I mean, that was, that was really so good. good. It was really yeah. good as a movie. Um, yeah. I just don't know if they you could you could spread that out and um you know as a ten episode ten hours of you know viewing right right you know what I mean um yeah yeah so but but um did you let me ask you this did you actually um did you get the to watch Band of Brothers and revisit Band of Brothers in the Pacific leading up to this I revisited Band of Brothers. I was trying uh-huh. to do the Pacific and just ran out of time. Okay. Well, Band of Brothers, uh, always a classic. It's probably about my, maybe my 25th time watching it. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the first year I watched it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And when, when it came out in 2001. Um, I didn't know this, though. There is actually a 20th anniversary Band of Brothers podcast that's uh was sanctioned by hbo yeah i saw that yeah yeah i started listening i listened to the first episode that had tom hanks in it mm-hmm. and the guy can just talk world war ii till he's blue in the face sure and um i i just loved every second of it and um i i, I want to get through then the rest of the the episodes on that but i did actually watch the pacific for the second time oh okay um, you know uh leading up to this because they're both on netflix Yes. right now and so i had on, on max yeah and i didn't really i i want to say i wasn't really moved by the pacific there were a couple moments that mm-hmm. on the pacific that really moved me but but um it wasn't as is it didn't resonate with me as much as band of brothers did 
and and I thought something about the comparison because I'm reading a lot of things and I don't want to get too much into it. I want to revisit this at the right time to, in sure. the show, but there seems to be a lot of comparison between the three miniseries, mm-hmm. in particular, Masters of the Air versus Band of Brothers. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I think I think tonally, mm-hmm. the Pacific is so different from these two. Yeah, and the themes and the themes of of mm-hmm. war that they explore are so different. Yeah. I was I was actually thinking about this um, uh, after watching Band of Brothers. And I think a lot of it has to do with like in Band of Brothers, there's you know, a theme is like hope and yeah, you know, and 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 we're we're taking the war to, to Hitler and um you know about I mean obviously Band of Brothers, I mean it's it's the the relationships between yeah. these men who you know they forge this lifelong bond through 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 war, right? Yeah. Whereas the Pacific is more of like a survival horror movie. <laughs> it is. You know, revisiting it, I, I have to agree with you because it is based on three different stories. You have the mm-hmm. two books that it was based on, plus the story of John Bazalone, mm-hmm. the first Medal of Honor winner for the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, so it covers their stories and they don't, they indirectly connect throughout the entire, um, throughout, the, throughout the series. You know, they... Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, there, you don't have that cohesive linear storytelling like you do with Band of Brothers. Right. You also well, it was based on, it was based on the one Stephen Ambrose book. Right. And, and yeah, it was based on the one Stephen Ambrose book, but you also, you don't have the journey mm-hmm. is what you don't have. That's, that's probably one of the things that of the three, and I have to say it's very unfairly compared with each other because they are very different stories. Right, um, right. you know, because, uh, different experiences as well. And oh, the, the, the two theaters of war could not have been any different. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was, you know, absolute a horror story in the Pacific, but you know, you didn't get every second in the foxhole with, with the Pacific, you know, like mm-hmm. you did in band of brothers, you didn't get all those thoughts and, and all those, all those little moments that made life hell they really had to kind of hurry it along a little bit in the Pacific and kind of compress the story a little bit more, but what they say, what they say about the Pacific to the Island hopping that they did, it was basically like a D day invasion over and over again. Right. Yeah. Cause they had all the islands against an enemy that would not, (laughs) would not surrender. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They, they couldn't be defeated. Yeah. And so um, it took brutal, um, just a lot of brutal fighting to really mm-hmm. get through those days. But, and, you know, in, in any event, uh, you know, everyone who participated is an absolute, um, you know, just a, a national treasure mm-hmm. to our country, you know, but let's get into this new one. Sure. Masters of the air. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have to say, I started reading the book. Okay. Um, it's, it's interesting because it covers it. Well, the preface of the book kind of gives away almost everything that's going on in the book, which right. made me think, oh, why would they, why would they divulge all this information now? Mm-hmm. The book is very much theory and philosophy on bombing. 
Okay. And, and what they, what these experiences, what they had in, in these experiences, just, right. just getting into the first couple of chapters, right? Because the, the backdrop of this is the aerial war over Europe. There were yeah. two vastly different, you know, uh, strategies by the, mm-hmm. the British Air Force and, and the, the, the army air, the U.S. Army Air Force, where you right. know, nighttime carpet bombings just, you know, from the British standpoint, it was if it's German, we don't care if it's hit by a bomb or not. Yeah, indiscriminate, <laughs> indiscriminate bombing. But that was also it. Also lays out kind of the 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 evolution of that from Billy Mitchell to Hap Arnold, who was the uh, the five star general, who was the general of the Army Air Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very celebrated general in, in air force circles, but, um, Billy Mitchell's one of the first, uh, pilots in the army air corps, uh, one of the original. Um, and of course back then, because we didn't, there was no technology when it came to bombing, it was just indiscriminate bombing. And they kind of covered that a little bit with the, the British versus the Americans, but sure. they, and they indirectly talk about the precision, uh, bombing, tool that they use to to actually determine what where their target is yeah and so, so the, the the bomb site yeah uh they mentioned that in in the in the show mm-hmm. maybe it's like episode two or three where yeah. where the development of the precision the precision bomb site for the b-17 was as closely held secret in in um uh american intelligence as the yeah. As a nuclear bomb was right, exactly. So, and, and when you think about all the all the the technology and the science that had to go into that, developing that, and even just thinking back at like the B seventeen itself, like I mean the 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 the, the, com- the complexities of that aircraft mm-hmm. built at that time, it kind of it's it, it's kind of astonishing when you think about you know all the development that had to go into that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I know. And it, it was it was interesting because they go into the fact that like they were churning out like very minimal amounts um, where they were they were doing like it would take them a, like a year and a half to make maybe about 15 bombers. That's but then they, then they got to the point to where they were churning out like 25 a day or something, yeah, like, yeah. something once, crazy once like they that. Fired but, up, once they fired up the, uh, the American industrial engine, that was, yeah, game it was, over in World War II. yeah, <laughs> that's right. All the, all the, uh, auto, um, plants turned to making munitions and, and parts for, um, aircraft for and aircraft and tanks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, it was, um, so, so what are your thoughts on the story so far, as far as getting it, getting away from the, the, the philosophy and the, the theories of, of bombing going yeah. into the actual drama of things? What, what are your thoughts? I, I thought it was, I was really entertained. I, mm-hmm. you know, as, <laughs> as our tens of listeners could probably tell from our, uh, yeah. this most recent part of our conversation, we're both bit of, uh, of world war two buffs, yeah. um, and history buffs. And so, you know, the the aerial bombing of Europe uh, has always fascinated me, right? Like watching, you know, Memphis Bell was yeah. one of the very first World War Two anything that I watched as a kid. Yeah, and that Mine was fascinating, well. right? And 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 you know, it made me like knowing that this was coming out. It made me think of that movie because it explores a lot of the same themes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was thinking like, what kind of new ground can they cover kind of visually and storytelling wise that they haven't already, you know, from other, from other, you know, movies or shows about World War II, right? right. Especially, especially with the, 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 uh, the Army Air Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, as anticipated as this has been for us, I mean, like knowing that it was coming since the end of the Pacific, we knew that Master of the, Masters of the Air was coming eventually. Right. Um, you know, I'm glad that it's lived up at least to the anticipation that I've had. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, when it comes to the comparison, they're really stringing together, you know, the relationships of a lot of the guys because there was, a, there, you know, despite the fact that they weren't in trenches, they weren't getting shot at every single moment every day, mm-hmm. you know, or or bombed or any of that kind of stuff. Like they went, they just basically got in that plane and went through hell yeah. for for yeah. however many hours they, they went through to to just drop some bombs you know and yeah. you know they're losing they're losing their those planes entire, left and entire right. air crews yeah right you know where, and these guys are falling out of the sky like a quarter and, to a half of the crews that are sent out on every mission <laughs> only 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 like half of them are coming back yeah and, which you is, know and, and and maybe not to compare so much to the pacific but it it it's very much a survival story as much as the pacific was yeah. Right. Knowing the mortality rate of the Eighth Air Force, uh, you know, during this period of the war, um, it's very much a survival story uh, where, you know, common thread is like get, you know, survive, get to 20 missions. Right. Find yeah. a way through. Uh, but I think what it borrows a lot from Band of Brothers that I think they did better than the Pacific is that you know that that thread of hope and that thread of you know these are the 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 camaraderie among the pilots and among the crews and you know the navigators right Mm -hmm. um you know i think they they probably weave that together a little better than they did in the pacific yeah yeah that's true well and also you know there's a little bit more of a um you know, a cohesive story because you're also dealing with the same characters as opposed to, you know, just kind of a, an eclipse of their story and then, yeah. you know, kind of moving on. Right. But, um, you know, so now you, you, you're establishing, um, characters that are essentially, you know, relatable, likable, um, not, not to the extent of band of brothers, but, it, but, but in their own right, right. Which, you know, and again, I think it's it's unfairly compared to Band of Brothers because it's its own thing. Of course, and, you know they can't go, you know, from spot to spot. They have to go from mission to mission. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there has to be some time passing between a lot of a lot of these missions because they can't cover everything, and they have to, you know. A lot of these guys didn't, you know, as they said in in the fourth episode, you know, a lot of guys don't get it, make it past the eleventh mission, right? Let sure. alone the, the very first, right? Um, right. You know, and and because they they kind of cover that twenty fifth mission, which was what Memphis Bell was about, was mm-hmm. was the that that um, crew that was 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 going on what would yeah. be their final mission? Yeah, could they yeah, survive? Yeah, that was that was the uh, the milestone to hit. Like if you hit 25 missions, you were going home and you were going to go sell war bonds at the time. But actually I do know that like that, that went away because you, Mm -hmm. you know, you can't have all these guys just come and 
going home, you know, once they hit their 20th well, right. national. So, I had I, I'd read, I'd read that later in the war, they extended it to 30 and then yeah. eventually they just did away with that policy. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause I mean, ultimately you just have these guys flying around in their celebrated planes and stuff and, and mm-hmm. they, they kind of had their own thing as well. Um, but yeah, just like you, I was infatuated once, once I saw, I saw Memphis bell in, in the movie theater when I was, uh, when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, um, just so resonated so much with me, but they actually brought up a camera crew with them on their 25th mission. I don't know if you know this. Oh, I and, didn't know and that. They, and there was a documentary about, about it. <laughs> Could you imagine being that camera crew? <laughs> I know. Like, uh, I mean, knowing now. Knowing now, but you know, I, I don't, I think it was one of those missions that was like probably a little more low risk, a little more low risk as far as, you know, because I think they wanted them to return kind of a thing to sell war bonds and those, those kinds of things. Well, and, 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 and for morale, yeah, general morale, right. That was, it's that like that seed of hope that continues for the younger crews of like, yeah, I'm five missions in 10 missions in I'm halfway there. It can be done. Right. Mm -hmm. It's possible. Um, Because you see a lot of that, you know, in the first few episodes of like, when they talk about the crews that don't make it back where they're like, um, you know, oh, they're, you know, that was their 11th mission. They're almost, you know, they're, they're at the halfway point or like, yeah. you know, they were late in there. They, they were on like, I think, I think there's an episode where, where a crew's on like their 18th or 19th mission or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's even like the new crews where it was like a new pilot, the replacement pilot that came in, I think, you know, that crashed during training and they're like, you know, he was just out of flight school and he's already gone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not not uncommon, you know, and it's, it's just such a high risk situation, you know, but, um, but it, and, and, and uh, I, I hate to keep like belaboring this point of comparing it to band uh-huh. of brothers, but they did a replacements episode in band of brothers titled replacements yeah. where, they, where, where they were bringing all the new guys that were just out of jump school, just out of wherever, yeah. right. Um, that were not, it was like the first group of, of replacements replacing the, the, the Koa men. And this is kind of the same thing. Uh, they, you know, they did a similar episode in, in Masters of the Air where it was like the first group of new pilots that wasn't in that that main, that initial training group with, um, uh, was it Egan and, 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 and with Buck and Bucky, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of fascinating where they, they've, they've, you know, borrowed a lot of themes from, from, you know, not just the you know companion series, but also, you know, other World War Two movies. Um, yeah. And I think they've done an excellent job of. I, I, so the combat, the combat portions of it, that's not new, right? I mean, we saw that in Band of Brothers when when they were doing the jump, and in Memphis Bell and other World War, mm-hmm. you know, aerial aerial movies. I think what they've done really well here is just the chaos of the cockpit, right? The chaos of, you know, being back on a gunner. Um, And it it really, it feels like you're, instead of those other ones, like if I remember correctly to Memphis Bell, it kind of felt that you were like an observer versus in this, it feels like you're in it. Yes. I I agree with you there because it's, it really gets, this is something that they, they, they casually mention in the book where like, 
you know, so-and-so got shot and he's laying dead in the plane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got these guys like that are flying these planes and their co-pilots are dead. Their, their, their pilots are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because they're getting strafed by, by these German fighters. And you really experience this in, while you're watching this film, it's, you're, you're at the point where it's like, oh, wow, holy smokes. And yeah. it really hits you in the face in the first episode. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> among other things that hit these, these men in the face. <laughs> yeah, I know. And well, you know, and, and, and <laughs> Buck coming, yeah, Buck coming back and saying, uh, you know, just why didn't you tell me? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me? You know, yep. and that was what was what was very, you know, just kind of hits you hard is like, they didn't know what they were getting into. Sure. And, and, and you can, and you can imagine for, for Buck, wait, is it Buck is, is Austin Butler, right? Yes. But yeah. Okay. So, so he's the guy that comes in a little after his, his, his friend Bucky. Um, yeah. Gail, and, Gail and, Buck Clevin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Egan comes in first and, and he's the yeah. air exec initially, but then he mm-hmm. kind of gets spoiler, spoiler flag. He, he gets, to, he demotes, he, he, he tries everything he can get to get demoted so he can get back in the, back in the cockpit and fly. Can you imagine? <laughs> let me just, let me just throw, throw a little, uh, uh, indirect reference to, to society and politics these days. Uh-huh. Can you imagine like back then world war two, the th- you know, you look at Band of Brothers wh- where they actually had the guys from Easy Company up there and the one guy, the very first scene where where they have the interviews with the with the original members, you know, two guys on my street committed suicide because they were 4F and they couldn't they couldn't uh, enlist. Yeah. And then, you know, you got this guy like he does. He just has to be executive officer. He doesn't have to fly at all. He right. gets himself demoted so he can see action. Well, because he had so, seen two, he had done two missions. Like he had, he had kind of worked right. his way into getting some combat. Right. But like, can you imagine t- in today's standards, like people, <laughs> know. you know, I mean, granted, you know, people who join the military are, um, you know, it's a very selfless act, you mm-hmm. know, but, but like, uh, the mentality of today and the, and the, there seems to be a bit of a um uh a different mentality in the military today than there was when i was in and it you know where it's a little bit more you know fi- you know there's a little bit more fight or flight you know uh mm-hmm. you don't you don't know who's going to fight and who's you know who's going to flight right and so i you just don't see that caliber of of people and and it was funny because the tagline on band of brothers was um there was a time when the world asked ordinary men to do extraordinary things. Yeah. And that was just, like, you know, not to be like all ate up, you know, patriotic type of dude, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's it, like, the, that's just not around. I know it's a different time. I need my, I need my stogie and I need my, my whiskey, and we're gonna talk about the old, they the old guard. Them, they don't make them like they used to. Tim. They don't make them like they used to. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, um, it, it's interesting why, why because we're the you, greatest generation. Yeah, that's right. And and I honestly, in my opinion, that will remain the greatest generation is is yeah. in the history of our country. Well, so you know, it, it's you know a time when and I, I think a little 
a little disgusting about that time in in American history too is that you know America reluctantly entered the war right yeah. or basically were forced to enter the war right i mean mm-hmm. i mean the, i mean obviously our country was doing a lot to supply our allies mm-hmm. kind of similar to what we do today right yeah. of of that like that that war by proxy where right. we're going to do everything we can up to sending sending you know having boots on the ground right right yeah and that was the strategy for a long time and obviously you know say what you will about you know Pearl Harbor and all that and, and, you know, conspiracies and, 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 and everything. But like, you know, we were essentially pulled into the war, um, yeah. that, you know, vastly needed America anyway. Um, and so it wasn't necessarily a popular opinion to jump into yeah. the Europe, you know, the world war two, um, until, until, you know, the decision was made and, and until, you know, Pearl Harbor was attacked until America was attacked, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then it, it 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 the sentiment clearly flipped, um, you know, in American society. So, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, looking back through the lens of, of of history, I mean, it's it's easy to say, oh, like Greatest Generation, and yeah. you know, everyone was all in, but they weren't all in until they were. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was. I, I would say. Yeah. It was probably the United, United States entering the war, is is definitely when it became you know, access versus allies, because now you've got, right. you know, all, you know, the, the, the countries joining hands, you know, and you got to think too, I mean, mm-hmm. like almost an entire year, all the entirety of Europe was taken over. Sure. You know, I- except for England. In a very know. short, in, in a very short time span as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. So, I mean, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it's just kind of kind of a crazy in your face thing. So uh, right now we're halfway through the series. There's nine episodes. Mhm. Uh where we we've hit episode 4. And so um what do you think let, oh, Let's ahead. raise let's officially raise the spoiler flag. Okay. Cuz we're going to talk I, spoilers. I will say is right at the point where I was starting to get a little bit I don't know if it was bored, but like feeling complacent of, okay, well, another episode where they're going to go up on a mission and get flack and the fighters are going to sh- shoot at them and they're going to lose some crews and some guys are going to die. And then, you know, like it was episode one and two, both tonally and in content were very similar. Yeah. And, you know, right as I was almost feeling like, oh man, I, I might. I might kind of be wearing out a little bit on the same old, like let's jump in and, and, and go on a mission, you know, a bombing mission mm-hmm. where we're just going to get, you know, attacked. Right. But they switched it up right at that point where you're kind of feeling that, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm glad they did where that, it, it, and it's like that, the shocking visual of, of, I can't remember that the, the character's name, but um, they decide to, they decide to ditch, um, there be 17 and everyone's getting ready to jump out and they, yeah. they call on that, that, that one gunner to, to destroy the, the plan. So he's like eating, <laughs> he's eating the, the plans. And then yeah. the, 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 the ball turret gunner, he's trapped as the plane is like spiraling and he's trying to get him yeah. out. And that whole sequence was, it was startling. 
And, yeah. you know, it was one of those, like, you get almost complacent in watching these episodes mm-hmm. of what, what you're expected to see. And then that scene yeah. happens and it kind of flips it. Right. And then it yeah. sets up his, you know, the, you know, that kind of B or C story of, you know, what happened to these men after they safely parachuted and ditched, you know, their B-17. Um, you know, how did they get home? What happened if they got captured? Right. And I think these right. next episodes are going to explore a lot more of that, of, you know, what it was to be a, a pilot as a POW and, yeah. um, you know, other aspects of, of the air war. Yeah. And that's, that's definitely true. And I, and I think there's, there's only so much you can do when you, it's like, here's a mission, here's a mission, here's a mission. Right, because uh, they were going like that, on like daily missions, right? Right, or right. like and, weekly missions. So it's like you you can only do so much of mission of the week. And I think, right, uh, you know, I I think the other series, um, the other series did a good job of kind of transitioning themes at about the the same amount of time, right? Where like in Band of Brothers and the Pacific, like you could you can watch so much of we walked around, got in a firefight, and then sat right. around and, and you know and and BS'd for a little while until we had to go, you know, move to the next area for a firefight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh and, and right when you're starting to feel complacent, like you have the you know, you, you have the the uh, the Battle of the Bulge in, in Band of Brothers, and then you know you mm-hmm. have like the 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 new theaters of war in in, in the Pacific, where where yeah. they start where they Hallelujah start and... actually yeah yeah they start actually yeah. getting some victories and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, it's uh, um, uh, right. I think right right when I was starting to feel like I might be petering out, it's it definitely yeah. did a good job of pulling me back in. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, and, and and I think that that happens because what they're doing from a structural standpoint of this is that they're um, this is kind of like the opposite of, of Game of Thrones. Just to throw a random reference in here, <laughs> well, I guess I, I guess not really because you know the 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 thing the 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 thing behind the the success of Game of Thrones was that everybody got split up. Mm-hmm. And now you have all these different stories to tell. Right, right. You know, right. it's Arya's, yeah, and, and then then coming back together. And then let's just hope it doesn't, it's, it just doesn't, you know, a dragon doesn't come in and burn everything down, um, <laughs> you know, but, um, and, and everybody's like, oh, I can't believe I stayed and watched this. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that, um, you know, having them, you know, trying to get back the guys that, that, that parachuted down and didn't get captured that are trying to find their way back and the, what they're going through Mm -hmm. and all the little underground, um, movements that are, you know, resistance movements that, that, that are helping them out and those kinds of things. Um, I, you know, it, it, it's going to make it for a more interesting, second half i should say we're not not quite to the halfway point just through this episode sure. coming up we'll be there but but it it just it, it's the thing that keeps me interested okay what's going to happen next yeah yeah because you know? that because they're um uh that that one um the one character who you know like i mentioned he he ditches he he, he parachutes out and yeah. he's picked up i think by like the dutch resistance right it's yeah. uh um 
I'm looking at the character list here. It's Sergeant Sergeant Quinn, right? Sergeant Quinn, yeah, that's and, right. And he's you know he's he's embedded with the with the Dutch resistance, and he's trying to get out of Holland, um, yeah. uh, you know, through Nazi territory, and you know, like seeing that bit of it, um, yeah. you know, I I haven't seen too many. You know, too many you know World War Two movies about you know like the resistance fighters. Yeah. Um. I think there was like that one. Oh man, I can't even recall. I, I haven't seen many uh, along uh-huh. the lines of the resistance fighters. So I mm-hmm. think I think seeing that aspect of it is pretty cool. You know, um, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I kind of that that storyline actually made me sit here and think like, how many guys actually parachuted down and just ended up staying in Europe? Like, you know. <laughs> they like met some Freulein in a barn and settled down. Well, that happens right to the, to the yeah. characters where he meets like the young farm girl and he stays with, yeah. and he's staying with his family for like a month or two. Yeah. Um, and, and he, and he has like a budding relationship with her. And right. as he's, he's real, he kind of is reluctantly trying to get out. Right. Um, and then, you know, he's got to leave, he's got to leave this, you know, this life that he'd, become accustomed to <laughs> right exactly and so can, can we can we talk about performances yeah let's do that yeah so you know um i, I mean I, I think i think right now probably austin butler's as as hot and uh, a young actor as there can be and i mean in terms of like you know he's he's a headliner on this show just yeah. came off of playing elvis uh in the in the baz Luhrmann movie um, you know, I, I really enjoy his performance in this and it's almost like, you know, he almost feels like someone from another time, right. Where like, he's got that, like, you know, that like deep voice where, you know, like you, you, you think back to what, <laughs> what, like how people spoke in the 1940s and like, just, just the way that he, his delivery and how he's portraying the character just feels like that. Yeah. That's yeah, that's true. He does. He does have that. And and that's the thing. It's like the one thing I do like is that they're really they're really kind of widespread with the personalities. Yeah. Um, Like he's like cool as a cucumber. Like like if if you told me that that, you know, um, that uh, Clevin Clevin ended up uh, surviving the war and becoming Don Draper. I I totally believe you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. That is Just definitely he's true. He's got like that. He's like that slick, smooth talking, but he's like the all American, all American man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, he 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 definitely does a good job of portraying that. Uh, I uh, agree. He definitely seems of that time. Yeah, he is. He is definitely a good cast because he's a, he's more on the classic side. I, I do have to say there was one questionable casting choice. Okay, and that was Barry Keegan. <laughs> as as lieutenant curtis biddick from new york as I almost you know felt like he might have been too big of a star well i mean i you know what we don't know how when was this film when did they start filming is this is the question i mean i think between the time they started filming this and him becoming a star i mean it probably had to be post um let me see they start okay, so they started filming in 2020. So he had already done, um, he had already done Eternals, mm-hmm. but he had he, he, I mean, he didn't really, um, 
Well, I guess they were, ca- well, actually I should say they were cast yeah. in 2021. And then, um, so they started shooting in February of 2021. Um, and, and they were going to shoot for 12 months. So over the course of 2021 and 2022, mm-hmm. and he's been in so much stuff since. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, it, I it think just, this it, was it a almost, post, um, Marvel casting yeah. pre, yeah. um, it, cause I mean, I think really the, the one that, that, um, the so, one that so really is launched it, him was is it question is it questionable because of like the the New York accent? Yeah, know? it's just a little too big. <laughs> and I, I just don't think he can pull it off. He definitely seems like an Irish actor doing like a stereotypical New York accent. Yeah, it is it is a little <laughs> bit too much, you know, cuz I think like um um because they did have a lot of British actors in Band of Brothers um mm-hmm. uh playing like um like I can't remember what his name. Ross McCall. Basically, all the all the principal cast, with the exception of <laughs> the exception awesome of Rob Livingston. Yeah. No, I mean in terms of oh, Band yeah. of Brothers, like the entire principal cast, with the exception of like Rob Livingston, <laughs> were all British. Yeah, Rob. Um, you, well, you know, actually, surprisingly, like um, Kirk Acevedo, he's American. Um, he played Joe Toy. Yeah. Um, the guy that played um, uh, the dude from Philly. What's yeah. his name? He got his legs blown off at the same time as Toy Garnier. Uh, but um, so like a lot of those guys, they did such uh, they you know, they did a great job. But I, I, I think he's a little out of place. He's a great actor. I think he he's feel, great. He, he, did, he did feel a little out of place there. He did feel out of place. Um, yeah. But I, I should say. Oh, good. OK, one one last thing I'll say. And then I'll let you go. And then, and then we got to go full stop, unfortunately. But um, uh, I do think the, um, the age of the casting uh-huh. is, is spot on. Because I think the Band of Brothers, they, they were a little bit too old. But okay. um, they, were, they were slightly older than they should have been. Like Winters was right. 26 when he was a major in the right. Army. Because all, all these guys... For the most they part, were, like they, they were like 18, 19, 18, 19 20, 21 years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, they were all in their early 20s. So the casting really kind of hits that. It really shows sure. how young they are. Sure. Yeah. The other one that I want to point out quickly is Callum Turner, too. I really like him as Egan. Yeah. yeah and I like good. how, you know, the two best friends could not be more different between Buck and Bucky. Yeah. Know, and, I like the and, contrast. And, you know, the, the, the contrast of like, you know, where, where Egan, is supposed to be like this Midwest, you know, Wisconsin kid. He's a little rough around the cor- you know, the corners, but like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's very direct. <clears throat> and then, you know, you have you have Clevin, who's more of like a smooth talking, you know, um, rancher from Wyoming kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he plays that really well. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, final take. What would you say? Final take. I, I would say. Um, well, first take. I should say because we're first take. Here. Yeah, I, it, I'm enjoying it. It's not yes. comparable to Band of Brothers, so everybody out there you needs can't. to stop comparing it. You, you have to check that at the door. I, I I will say though, when this is done, I think I want to find the time to go back through and watch this entire in in a sitting. Just spend okay. a day just watching yeah. this entire thing. So, so far, it's a watch. I yeah, hope I, I hope it doesn't disappoint. So, watch for me. I think the second half, um, breaking up 
you know, the, the, the mission of the week, um, yeah. you know, part of it definitely. Uh, right. is, uh, you know, definitely going to keep me watching. So yeah, watch for sure. Yeah. Definitely agree. All right. Well, that is our first take of Masters of the Air. So if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, give us five stars and a glowing review. So our podcast can reach more people. Maybe we could say our hundreds of listeners one day. Oh, uh, someday. <laughs> we can only dream. Thanks again to Tyler Hobbs of Space Ranger and the Hazels for the original music. Check out Space Ranger and the, the Hazels exclusively on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at The Final Take Pod. I promise we'll post sometime soon. Email us at thefinaltakepod at gmail.com and check us all our episodes out on our website, thefinaltakepod.com. Until next time. Bye.